When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Another hour of The Jesse Kelly Show. And you know it's Medal of Honor Monday time. Here's what we have on tap for this hour. We are going to address that that airman who lit himself on fire, burned himself to death outside of the embassy in Washington, D.C. That was a bit dark. I am going to talk about that. Am I going to offend you? I mean, probably. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to get to Medal of Honor Monday, some emails, the Koch brothers have pulled out a Nikki Haley, it's, it's a, all kinds of stuff to get to this hour on the world famous Jesse Kelly show, but you know, it's Monday, it's the start of the second hour on Monday, and so it's time for Medal of Honor Monday, every single Monday at this time, this is what we do, we print a Medal of Honor citation out, and I read it, these are all available for you. This is not unique to me. I haven't done anything here. We just pick a hero and we honor him, his sacrifice, his deeds. We remember his name. Remember, if we don't read their names, if we don't read their deeds, it's like it's like they never happened. We have to speak about history to our children and grandchildren. And you can do this at home. All these are available to you, too. They're all free. They're all online. Every Medal of Honor citation ever is online. This one... It's out of Korea. It's out of the army. What a beast this guy is. Lewis Lee Red Millet. So without further ado. Honoring those who went above and beyond. 
It's Medal of Honor Monday. Captain Millet, Company E, distinguished himself by conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity above and beyond the call of duty in action. While personally leading his men in an attack against a strongly held position, he noted that the first platoon was pinned down by small arms fire, automatic and anti-tank fire. Captain Millet ordered the third platoon forward, placed himself at the head of the two platoons, and, with fixed bayonet, led the assault up the fire-swept hill. In the fierce charge, Captain Millet bayoneted two enemy soldiers and boldly continued on, gosh, throwing grenades, clubbing and bayoneting the enemy while urging his men forward by shouting encouragement. Despite vicious opposition, the whirlwind hand-to-hand assault carried to the crest of the hill. His dauntless leadership and personal courage so inspired his men that they stormed into the hostile position and used their bayonets with such lethal effect that the enemy fled in wild disorder. During this fierce onslaught, Captain Millet was wounded by grenade fragments but refused evacuation until the objective was taken and firmly secured. The superb leadership and conspicuous courage and consummate devotion to duty demonstrated by Captain Millet were directly responsible for the successful accomplishment of a hazardous mission and reflect the highest credit upon himself and the heroic traditions of military service. Uh, there's a World War II note about the man. One, he was court-martialed for desertion when he served in World War II. I would love to hear the story on that. Uh, pa- let me pause for a moment there. Don't think that court-martialed for desertion means he took off and tried to flee. Oftentimes when you're court-martialed for desertion, especially in bad combat areas, it's because you have ventured off into town for some beer and women for a couple nights, and sometimes these guys would get so drunk or just so enjoying themselves there and they knew they were good the most of these guys thought they were going to die oftentimes they just would show up two or three days later and they'd they you had to charge them with desertion right because they did desert but th- let's not act like this guy's a coward i don't know that that's the story behind what he did in world war ii but look here's a world war ii note for him chris i want you to oh yeah okay tunisia that makes sense assigned to the 27th armored field artillery regiment First Armored Division, Millet served in Tunisia as an anti-tank gunner. During an engagement there, he drove a burning ammunition-filled half-track away from Allied soldiers and jumped to safety just before it exploded. For his action, he was awarded the U.S. military's third highest award for valor, the Silver Star Medal. Daggone, right? And we don't have to play taps because he made it. Pretty friggin' awesome, right? All right. Well, salute to you, Captain Miller. Let's get to let's get to a couple emails before I talk about this guy burning himself alive. Dear Captain ADHD, <laughs> and the guy says, "Do you have AD, uh, undiagnosed ADH, ADHD?" Yes, absolutely. And he lists the reasons. One, you don't have the attention span for songs longer than three or four minutes in length. You hang up on your callers when the answer goes on for over a minute. You can't maintain your attention long enough to read an entire email. That's not true. Yeah, I do. Yes, I do, Chris. Yes, I do. Anyway, I'll continue. The hyperactivity part is self, pretty self-explanatory. 
I'd go on, but I'd probably lose you. Hey, you know what? That's not very nice. He said, don't project your ADHD brain onto the world like it's a universal experience. <laughs> Love the show. Been listening a couple years. Keep up the good work. He did not say I can use his name, so I will not. That's not nice. I don't have ADHD. Hey, Jesse, what's the deal with so many married women these days either not taking the man's last name or keeping both uh, both by hyphenating their maiden and married last names? I can't stand it. It's one of the biggest pages out of the feminist playbook, but I struggle to articulate why it's so stupid. I remember once you gave some reasons about your wife, so on and so forth. Can you go over that again? Okay, well, I don't, I don't have some grand statement on this uh when I'll, I'll tell you this when i was getting married when i was younger my wife was remember she was on the university of arizona gymnastics team and she was really really good as in her face was on flags and billboards in town you know aubrey taylor was her name at the time but she was good she was really good she wasn't no joke and so she had to do media stuff right she was out there as a collegiate athlete and she would go to nationals and did great like she was really good and so when we were getting married, I think we were getting ma- married after her sophomore year. I think it was after her sophomore year, yeah, maybe after junior year or something like that. She mentioned to me, it's not like she wanted it. She said, hey, maybe I should maybe I should keep the name Taylor for a year or two till I'm done with college so it doesn't confuse all these people and whatnot. And maybe I probably could have handled that in a more understanding fashion. But I said, well, no, either the name Kelly comes or the ring doesn't come, period. And a story. Not debatable. I'm pretty sure we got to make a fight about the whole thing, but look, that's the way it was going to be. I have an old school view of this whole thing. You're leaving your father and mother, and you're becoming one with him. Part of his home includes his name. Now, when I've made that argument before, I've had a good argument in response to it. Some women have emailed in. And don't get me wrong, this wouldn't be good enough for me, but I at least understand the, the response. They've emailed in and said, hey, my father didn't have any sons. I'm the last line in our family trying to maintain my father's name and all that. I, I understand all that. I, I, I understand that. Not good enough for me, but I get it. Whatever it is, changing at the times. Jesse, remind me of the Medal of Honor recipient who lost the eye- eyeball and continued fighting. He didn't. He wasn't a Medal of Honor guy. He should have been. He wasn't a Medal of Honor guy because every officer who had the rank to put him in for a Medal of Honor was dead by the time the fighting was over. He should be a household name in America, and no one knows he exists. Well, people who listen to this show and historians do. His name's John Yancey. Go look up John Yancey. First, John Yancey was a Marine in Guadalcanal in World War II. Guadalcanal was one of our earliest campaigns against the Japanese. Terrible fighting. Terrible fighting. He ended up taking a pistol off one of the many Japanese troops he killed while over there in Guadalcanal. Fast forward to Korea, and John Yancey is commanding a company on top of a hill, and all of his men keep dying and getting wounded, and the Chinese keep charging and charging and charging, and John Yancey this entire night is getting blown up and shot. He's had inhuman amounts of blood loss, and he's holding this hill, standing the whole time, yelling at his men, screaming at them to show guts, calling them cowards when they won't move fast enough like a stud stud. And at the end of the night, a Chinese guy shows up 
and unloads with his machine gun into John Yancey's face. John Yancey has a bunch of teeth knocked out, and his eyeball pops out of his skull and is resting on his cheek. After he's shot in the face, he's not only not dead, he pulls out the pistol that he had taken from the Japanese guy so many years earlier in World War II and shoots dead the Chinese dude who just shot him in the face. He then reaches up and grabs his eyeball and stuffs it back into its socket. <laughs> you want to talk about a stud? And Hollywood says they have nothing to make movies about anymore. You idiots, call me. I've got about a thousand stories for you to make movies about. John Yancey's his name. Did not win a medal, of, did earn a medal of honor. It, that's the way it goes. All right. Speaking of military matters, let's discuss something ugly. An airman lights himself on fire, burns himself to death in D.C. Yikes. Before we get to that, let's get to this. You obviously got the news about all the cell phone outages in the country, and you've been reading the news about all the January 6th stuff, how willing these cell phone companies have been to simply hand over your private information to the government. This is why I've implored you time and time again, wherever possible, you need to separate yourself from these companies. Pure Talk gives you an option when it comes to mobile service, the only option for us. A patriotic company. Their CEO is a veteran, speaking of veterans. They love you. You'll pay less. They hire Americans. You have every reason in the world to switch to Pure Talk. And now they're giving out free brand new Samsung 5G smartphones. Pick up your phone and dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly and make the switch tonight. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Monday. And again, let us all on this Monday, let us all remember the words of Abraham Lincoln. You know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here. He, uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, the better angel, he said, we must address. <laughs> Who can forget those words of Abraham Lincoln? All right, let's address it. And I need to explain something before I get into this airman burning himself alive. How I discuss things that involve death will oftentimes be offensive to you depending on your life experience. And I'm not making an excuse for me. I'm explaining me. You can accept it or not accept it, but this is who I am. When you have ever been around people dying, death and destruction, and this this really applies to people who spent a long time in law enforcement, uh, emergency medical personnel, ambulance drivers, ER nurses and doctors, this very much applies to them. People who spent any time in combat at all, people who are around death a lot, they joke about death a lot. There are a million psychological reasons, I'm sure, for this when it comes to that this is how people cope with it. It's how you get by. It's how you make sense of it, whatever the case may be. But I almost always will find a way to joke inappropriately when people die. It's what I do. 
And if you've never been around death or experienced that kind of environment, and maybe that's you, most people haven't, and I'm glad you haven't, that can be difficult to understand. If you've never spent any time in any of those fields I just described or a field like that, it can be hard to understand. How could you make a joke? Somebody's dead. Just understand this. I get you. I get why it makes you uncomfortable. You need to understand that you don't understand people like me. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to join in with the dark humor. You don't understand people like me. That's all, right? I get it. So here we go. The American military is suffering from within. This this is on many different fronts. We no longer have the largest navy in the world. China's is not only larger than ours, they're significantly larger than ours. And their surface vessels are probably superior to ours at this point in time. We have a much better sub fleet. But surface-wise, the Chinese Navy is passing us. And they'll be lapping us in the future because they can build and are building many more than us. Same thing applies to our air power. They are churning out planes and modern fighter planes. We can't find enough planes. We can't find enough pilots. We can't find enough fuel. We don't have enough ammunition to practice. The pilots we do have aren't getting enough airtime. It's really, really bad. So that's one front. Another front, and this is a huge one, is artillery shells. Every war now, every war is an artillery war. It's armies lobbing artillery rounds at each other. Artillery has just changed combat, especially modern artillery. I know the old school artillery has always been there from catapults and things like that, but Modern artillery is everything. That audio cut I played for you of J.D. Vance two, three weeks ago where he describes Russia's artillery-making capacity being 30 times ours is one of the more frightening things I've ever played for you on the radio. That's a huge deal. Anyway, that's a big deal. We don't have the black powder. We don't have... Okay. Another huge part of it is just flat-out recruiting. The people who have normally occupied the American military do not want to fight for the U.S. of gay. They don't want to be lectured about their racism. They don't want to be told they should be trannies. They don't want to be passed over for promotion because they're white. They simply will not join, and they're not joining. The military recruiting crisis has reached an unbelievable level because white working class guys have taken themselves out of the military recruitment pool and that has made up the bulk of military recruiting for a very long time especially white working class guys from red america like i've said many times before that high school wrestler from rural louisiana who goes on to win a medal of honor he'll never win a medal of honor in this army because he's never going to join Because he went to church on Sunday and he doesn't want to be told that he's gay. So he's simply going to go do something else. He'll go be a county sheriff. He'll go, he'll go do some, he'll find another way to serve. Now, when you have both A, recruiting shortfalls and B, a bunch of communists in charge of military recruiting, you are inevitably going to fill up the military with exactly what Democrats want the military filled with. That's people who hate America, who hate free markets, who hate our value system. We have communists filling up the American military. We ran out so many of anybody who would be on the right with the vax mandate. We ran those guys out. 
so many of the guys listening to the sound of my voice who are still in are just kind of hanging on for dear life until this enlistment is over or until they do their 20 or 30 and then they're gone. I know you email me all the time. You'll always be anonymous. You're welcome to email me. The good guys are either out or they're getting out. The military is now purposely filling itself up with a bunch of vile communist scum who hates the country. And the recruiting shortfalls are so bad, they're not even properly screening for mental health, and they don't really know how to screen for mental health. How could you both, A, want to recruit commies, and B, screen for mental health? Being a communist is a mental health disorder. And that brings me to this airman, which is a horrible, sad story. Before we talk about him, let's just understand something. This is going to get a little ugly, a little heavy. Burning to death isn't that pleasant. If you have trouble sleeping tonight, all that means is you need a MyPillow 2.0. What, Chris? And maybe after we talk about this, maybe you'll feel dirty. You need a shower. Six-piece towel sets are on sale. MyPillow 2.0s are 50% off. Flannel sheets, which I wrapped myself in to sleep last night, are 50% off. You've never slept in your life the way you will sleep on a MyPillow 2.0 wrapped in flannel sheets. And if you want to put the beautiful little cherry on top of all that, throw a MyPillow mattress topper on top of it too. Made in America. Free shipping for a limited time. That goes away pretty quickly here, so get moving. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square and use the promo code JESSE for all these discounts. Or you can call them 800-845-0544. Burning Airman, next. The Jesse Kelly Show. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. 
But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Monday. We'll get to the new leadership at the RNC that's coming and so many other things still on this show. Remember, you can email the show Love, hate, death threats, whatever you want. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Aaron Bush now. He was in the U.S. Air Force up until this weekend when he burned himself to death. Up until yesterday, he burned himself to death. I would not recommend looking at the video. Uh, I got access to the uncensored video. Not one of the more pleasant things I've ever seen. I'm going to describe it in a very PG way here. I understand children are listening. Here's who this guy was. He was a lifelong communist activist that should have immediately, in a country that's interested in its military or survival, those people should be screened out of your military. They should never be allowed to join. Any whiff of Democrat activism should keep you from being involved in politics because Democrats are communists and communists are anti-human demons. Nevertheless, He was whisked into the United States military, still a communist activist. He's extremely upset about Israel, and he videotapes himself walking in front of the U.S. Embassy in D.C. He douses himself with some sort of flammable liquid. He's in full uniform. Uh, You don't need to watch this. And, hey, kids, listen to me. I'm not trying to be dad. You really don't need to watch it. There's no need to watch it. You're not missing out on anything. You're really not. He douses himself with flammable liquid as he stands there in full uniform. He then lights himself on fire. And I want to make sure I stress that this was not a little fire on his sleeve. He doused himself with flammable liquid and almost immediately, you can't make out his face anymore. He is engulfed in flames. He then stands there as he's burning alive 
and he screams free pla- free Palestine a bunch. And if we have to be nice, and you know what a nice person I am, I just want to go ahead and compliment his composure when he was burning alive. And I really, I really am not even being tongue in cheek about that. Whatever his cause, he stood there yelling free Palestine. He didn't start screaming. He didn't start moaning. He was yelling free Palestine. Eventually, he gets pretty quiet. Obviously, I'm sure it was not a pleasant experience, but he still stands there until you can tell he's cooked. And man, I really wish I'd put that differently, but he's cooked and he just falls over. Uh, one of the funnier parts of this absolutely horrific video is a bunch of people are calling for fire extinguishers and they're trying to put him out. One guy, I don't know who he is yet, whether he's embassy security or a police officer, chooses to draw his firearm and keep it trained on the man. I do believe the uh, suspect was pacified at the time. Nevertheless, thanks for making sure. (laughs) Okay, so the guy's dead. It's awful. I don't have a ton to add, except I don't think we really want to, I don't think we want to dig too much into how compromised portions of our military have been remember we just had two sailors get rung up on prison charges why they were sending critical information to china about our navy how many assets do foreign communists have inside of our military how many domestic communists do we now have inside of our military how twisted do you have to be as a 25 year old man? I know he's a, uh, a, 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 I know he was, I guess I should say a, a, a communist piece of trash. Now he's just a marshmallow that dropped in the fire, but he was a communist piece of trash. But 25 year old young man looks to be a good looking kid, even though he's a ginger, whole life ahead of him ends it all and ends it all in that way. How? twisted spiritually mentally do you have to be that it's bad right it's really really bad and it very much concerns me for the future the stories i hear out of the barracks from friends of mine who are still in about friends about not friends guys they have in their platoons starting to worry me a great deal what can we do about it i mean look this is what happens when you let the communist scum take over your military they took over not just the political offices, generals and admirals. This Barack Obama was huge for this. It really ramped up during Clinton, but Obama was the one who took this to a whole new level. He got in and he remade the American military, canned a bunch of generals and admirals, and put in communists in those positions, and they have since disseminated his cultural Marxism throughout the American military. Trump took over. He did not do likewise. There wasn't a bunch of firings of generals and admirals. It was just, it was something that was neglected for whatever reason. And now these people are still there and it's really bad, right? It's really bad. Um, they don't have anything else to add, but it's really bad. Let's get to some emails. Jesse the vest, Washington DC votes 90% Democrat with the intelligence agencies in Congress centralized in that location, they get swallowed up in a bubble of groupthink and corruption. What if we forced all federal agencies in Congress to be spread across the country? Well, it's something that absolutely has to be done. Most of the federal government needs to be dismantled, defunded, everyone fired, bring the buildings down, build monuments to communism in their stead. I don't care, but they've got to go. They have to go. 
And I'm talking about our intelligence agencies as well. I'm not so sure the CIA can continue anymore. Headline from Politico. The prospect of a second Trump presidency has the intelligence community on edge. Why are you hearing so much of this? Why are they talking like this so much? Why are you hearing things like this from Jake Sullivan? Are there concerns or is there even evidence that Russia is planning to interfere in the 2024 election, Jake? I can't speak to evidence today, but I can tell you, of course, there are concerns. There is a history here in presidential elections uh, by the Russian Federation, by its intelligence services. And there's plenty of reason uh, to be concerned. And this is not about politics. This is about national security. It is about a foreign country, a foreign adversary. Oh, we're not. No, we're not talking politics here. Just, hey, it's a national security issue. The intelligence agencies are going to get involved in this election again just like they did last time. The FBI has already been involved in many elections. They are going to be knee-deep involved in this one. And they're all doing these things under the blanket of national security. Well, no, it's not electioneering, no. It's nothing like that. Sorry, I just had to mute I just had to mute myself really quickly so I could sneeze on the air. Chris, did you see how fast I did that? You couldn't sneeze that sneeze that fast. What, Chris? Don't be jealous. What's the fastest you could sneeze? Not that fast. Not that fast. Not as fast as I could. Don't admit it. You're impressed. Or, or don't don't hide it. You're impressed. Be honest. Michael, are you impressed by how fast that sneeze was? You're not impressed? Why? It was so fast. Yes, it was. The people... No, people didn't even know I was gone. I sneezed twice. You could never fit in two sneezes. Whatever. Shut up, Michael. Anyway... The intelligence services are going to get involved in our elections. They view themselves as being Democrat activists now. So was the FBI. Whatever government agencies we can't defund and dismantle, 1,000% should be spread out all across the United States of America for many different reasons. One of those reasons should be, again, if you're an FBI agent, You should have to answer to people in your grocery store. You should feel the shun of how normal Americans look at you. You should feel it, but they never have to feel it because they always hide in their bubbles, and that's the problem. All right, let's talk about the RNC. Ronna McDaniel announced today she's resigning. What does that mean? Should you care? Does it matter? We'll talk about that in a moment before we get to that. I woke up today to uh, uh, something from Congressman Thomas Massey warning everybody that there's not one but two more massive omnibus bills coming for Congress. It is maybe the most disheartening thing in the world to watch the fiscal crisis barreling towards us and no one in Washington, D.C. wants to stop it or even slow down the fact that it's going to get here and soon. Again, we're not talking 50 years from now. It's coming. And the way they're spending, it's going to be so catastrophic. And all we can do is make preparations. That's all we can do. I tell you to buy gold and silver because you can touch gold and silver. When everything starts coming apart on us badly, the precious metals will be worth a fortune no matter what because they always are. They stand outside of your political system, your monetary system. They've stood the test of time. 
Let Oxford Gold Group get them in your hands. Call 833-995-GOLD. You might qualify for up to $2,500 in free precious metals. 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. Get the cure for rhinos. Weekdays with the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Monday. Don't worry, we still have more than an hour left on the Jesse Kelly Show. Okay, so the, people keep emailing me and asking me, and I'll get back to more emails and stuff like that in a little bit. They keep emailing me and asking me what I think about the the RNC shakeup. And in case you don't know what's happening, here's what's happening. I woke up this morning to the least surprising news ever. The rumors had been out there for a couple weeks now. Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel is her full name, I might point out, has been the head of the RNC for a very long time. The RNC has been useless since she's been the head of it, but let's be very fair, even though I don't care for her, the RNC has been useless for well, ever. I don't remember a time where the RNC was anything but useless. But she announced today she's making it official after Super Tuesday, which is March 8th. Remember, Super Tuesday is when so many of these GOP primary states come together and have their primary. After Super Tuesday, she's going to resign. Now, what's happening here? First, let's get to the why she's resigning. She is there because she has developed a closeness with Trump. He has backed her, backed her the first time. This last time she ran publicly, he kind of stayed out of it. But behind the scenes, when they were whipping votes and all that and stuff for her, it was Trump's people whipping votes for her. So she's kind of been Trump's girl. And if you're in the Republican Party and you have Donald Trump's blessing, that can get you far and has been able to get you very far in Republican circles. But... Scandal started to to drip off of her. A great journalist, friend of mine, Jennifer Vanlar with Red State, is really the one who gets credit for breaking this, broke a story on Red State a little while back about the inhuman amount of waste from the RNC. They take in all this money, and they're blowing it all on private jets and floral arrangements and the craziest stuff in the world while sending nothing to the state parties. The DNC's sending millions to their various state parties so the state party can get their act together, go chase ballots and harvest ballots and things like that. The RNC simply has not been. And so now, Ronna McDaniel has announced that she's resigning after Super Tuesday. Apparently, from what I understand, after Trump read the Red State article, he soured on McDaniel quite a bit. And if Trump is sour on you, he's going to be the nominee. He's sour on the RNC head. That kind of puts the crosshairs directly on your fanny if you're the head of the RNC head. Her days were probably the her days were probably numbered the second Trump turned on her, and now she's gone. Good, I'm glad he did. Good riddance to Rana. Now, what does it mean for our for us in elections? Well, it's it's all going to depend on who they replace her with. Because listen, the RNC, they don't win or lose elections for us. Individual candidates in individual races will run their own race. But the RNC can and should be in the business of 
ballot harvesting where it's legal, ballot chasing where harvesting is not legal. They should be in the business of doing one of those two things. Why do you look confused right now, Chris? You're, that's just how you always look. I'm used to that. I mean, you're hungry. What are you going to get? Shellfish or something? I'm kidding. No, what are you going to get, Chris? Dumplings? Oh, you know what? Never mind. Anyway, so it's all going to matter. It's all going to, all that matters now is who they replace her with. Now, there, it can go a couple different routes, and the, the different routes they go are going to have different goods and bads about them. Here's what I mean. There's a lot of rumor out there that Trump understandably wants the RNC, the, the leadership of the RNC, packed with people who are loyal to him, people like Laura Trump and otherwise. If you're on Team Trump and or you want Trump to win the presidency, that's probably a good thing because it allows the RNC to funnel more money to you directly to Trump, directly to his campaign, paying for his legal bills is where a lot of this stuff is like, like things like that. It allows you to do that. So as far as purely a Trump world thing goes, that's a good thing and a smart thing to want. As far as what that means for the down ballot candidates, that would not be as good for them because remember every Republican in the house is up for re-election this year. A third of the Republican Senate up for re-election this year. There are a lot more races than just the presidential race. If the RNC turns into just Team Trump, then it probably, it will not probably, it will hurt us down ballot. But it can help Trump. It might be enough to push Trump over the, over the edge in the White House. But if you don't go that route, and I think they will go that route somewhat because Trump has so much say in Republican Party politics now. If they don't go that route, what they really, really, really need to do is find a prolific fundraiser and someone who can delegate. What I want out of the head of the RNC, I want somebody who will crisscross the country and get large donors to write gigantic checks. And then what I want from the head of the RNC is to take those checks and disseminate them to grassroots activists at the state level. That's what the RNC's job should be. It should not be putting out the party platform. Hey, we're, we're this pro-life. Uh, we think this about taxes. Uh, uh, well, this will be our border policy. We don't need the RNC to try to set some party platform for the Republican Party. The RNC should only exist to raise money and get it out to the grassroots, to ballot harvest, to chase down ballots, to do all of these things. That's who it needs to be. Chris asked who I would pick. I can't tell you because it would probably be be someone I don't even know. I could give you a couple names, but no one would know them. I actually don't want a big politician, a, co a former congressman, a senator, uh, this guy who ran for president. I want a prolific fundraiser fundraiser of some kind it's got to be somebody and there are a lot of people like this in politics they just know a bunch of rich guys and they get them to write checks that's what we need is money so how it's going to work out i don't know look we'll find out at the end of this year right the proof's in the pudding as the saying goes all right emails and the Koch brothers pulled out on nikki haley hang on when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.